Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, we chat the King Buddy Franklin's 1000th goal and the cutthroat behaviour from the NFL on Pro Day. Thanks for tuning in. You may have noticed I am not Marley Silva. I am Georgia Moore. But as almost always, I'm joined by Keely Silva and everyone's favourite seat warmer, Mitch Parker. How are we, guys? <laughs> good, thanks. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Mitch, you've been under the weather. Yeah, my voice is a bit gone. We just have to give a uh, formal apology to the listeners. Yeah, um, apologies in advance for um, a few testy pops. And- we, <laughs> we do talk about having a big weekend every now and then and... Um, Mitch, you had a big weekend. Yeah, went to a music festival on the weekend, actually. First one post-COVID, so... Yeah, yeah. okay, fair. Play on, yeah. play on. Um, gee, how was your week? How's London Town? My week was good. London Town has been great. I really feel like I've brought the weather from Oz. It has been absolutely stunning. So happy with that. All is well. London Town's great. How's your week, kids? Um, my week's been good. Um, I don't know if I have much to report. Actually, I had a Achilles had a day. <laughs> I've had a bit of a day. Um, we'll get into that when we chat later about MVPs. But my weekend was filled with uh, footy, and yeah, I think I'm nearly footy out. It's around two, and I'm like, wow, we can't be footy out. Well, like AFL, just watching AFL. Then I went to the Sharks game. Then I physioed at my boys Sharks game, and then I went to the Bulldogs game. It was a lot. How was Shark Park? Oh, my God. Stunning. So fun. You should probably come back from London for a game. You should probably be at the next game. Yeah, I said I was going to be there last time I, I was know. here, but I had that music festival. Yeah, no, it was really good. It's good to be back um, at Shark Park, straight to Norley's, of course. Um, really good atmosphere and uh, good that the, the boys got the win. Got the win. Yeah. Sharkies. Yeah. We love. Well, now it's time for our first segment. Feedback feels with Kiehl's. Welcome back to almost my favourite segment, I think. Almost. <laughs> is my favourite segment. Um, got two fun ones. And then we, you can um, give your inputs. I know G's got one. Do you have feedback, Mitch? Potentially. No, no, no I have one from you. Yeah. But do you have anything else? Well, I was just going to say mine again. Oh, the no. one that I told you. So you can say it if you like. Yeah, okay. First of all, Mitch gave us feedback last week. Not He sent this before knowing he was coming on again this week. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it funny because I'm here again. Um, he His feedback was really loved uh, the feedback about me. So pretty much he just loved hearing about himself. No, I said I like oh, how many times like, I was mentioned. Like it's a bit different to nah, I just liked it about me. No, nah, I don't know. Also, a dishonourable mention but uh, another formal apology. Why Marley's in here? We didn't even address that. Oh, yeah. Um, Marley's super busy this week. With her ABC Sport and all the other crazy stuff. So, yeah, she um, sends her apologies, but she just um, is unable to be here tonight, hence why we have Mitch. Uh, and the second bit of feedback that I have uh, is from Brock. We spoke about Brock last week. We if love. You, if you listened. Uh, and Brock was actually really stoked that he got his mention because he sent me a message Thursday night, uh, the day after we released our episode, or the day we released, and he said, oh, my God, I made it. And that's the message I received. And I was assuming he meant about the podcast, and he did. He was stoked with our opinions, and he really liked that he was could influence the chat that we had last week about jeering and the NRLW. And then he continued to tell me some more things for this week. So basically, his MVP for this week was um, Tonegato, the fullback from the Dragons of the NRLW. 
he was going on about her, said that, that he, uh, you know, she runs the ball so well and he just really enjoyed watching her and was watching her highlights and stuff. And he also said he just really likes the title NRLW. He feels like it rolls off the tongue. This is a quote. Rolls off the tongue. What if it came first and then it was NRLM? That, that just wouldn't work. Like NRLW just sounds really good. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. I like it too. Yeah. yeah. I like the distinction because I remember you guys spoke about that not that long ago, but yeah. I like the distinction. Yeah. Um, so they're my two for the for, – oh, three for the J. G, you got a few? I do. I have so much feedback this week that I actually wrote a note to myself on my script being like, wow, G, how much feedback? Like, <laughs> calm down. So <laughs> first of all, I just need to do a little update as promised about the F1. Everyone knows I'm a Red Bull fan, so if you watched the race or have heard anything about it, I'm obviously devastated. The race was a clusterfuck. I don't want to talk about the engines. But we are happy for Ferrari one, two, very exciting. First time for them in many, many years. So, you know, Charles and Carlos, congrats. <laughs> Second feedback. This is was breaking news as we were recording. And just a little shout out to another COVID fallen soldier in Harry Grant. It's taken a long time, but it's finally hit him. So Yeah, I can't believe love that to he's, Melb. he's um like, is he last man standing or what? Because I'm like, I swear everyone's had it. So everyone's I just had it. wasn't really, I was like, yeah, he'll be right. <laughs> last full last man standing and it's funny because only last week i sent him this tiktok that's like if you get covid now it's like kind of the ick like it's so old news like why are you still getting covid and i sent it to him being like this is going to be you when you finally get it so you jinxed and he him. got it so sorry about that h and the last one this is an honorable mention to keely silver because i feel like the scare cams have really returned on Instagram. Oh, the scare cams are good. Living for it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm really happy with that. Look, you just made like, my day. <laughs> I, I don't think she was ever gone, but she did get a bit quiet there. And if you follow Keely, they are back in full swing, mainly on Marley, which we love even more. So thanks, Keels. You've been brightening my day. No, no, that, you know, look, anytime. I, um, Marley moved out, so it became like... Yeah, this, does that make it harder? Do you have to plan them more in advance? Aw- this awkward period of like, oh, when am I going to do it? So I th- I've had to find a few more targets. Um, and now you're just giving me an extra kick up the bum. I'm going to be onto it from now on. They'll, they'll be back better than ever. But yeah, if Marley, if I know Marley's coming home, I'm like, mum, and she just knows. And she's like, yeah, sweet. And I'm like, sweet. And let's go behind the corner and happy days. And she's still <laughs> jumpy as ever, as ever. Anyway. Hasn't learned a lesson at all. No, no, not at all. Now it is time for a segment we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week. Kills, we're talking NFL to get started. Yes, we are. So um, I actually had this conversation with someone yesterday um, and this is a bit intense and I think we're going to have a bit of an interesting discussion with this one. So late last week, um, hearts stopped around the NFL world as up-and-coming superstar David Ajabo, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, suffered an apparent left leg injury whilst participating in the Wolverines Pro Day. Um I like how they've put in this article apparent left leg injury. When I get to talking about the video, if you watch the video, you will see he very much hurt himself and I think he tore his Achilles. So decent injury. Extremely apparent. Yes, extremely apparent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's an edge rusher from Michigan. He suffered an injury uh, participating in the Pro Day on Friday of last week. Uh, he was one of the top talents in the 2022 NFL draft um, and – 
after a breakout 2021 season. He decided to enter the draft as an underclassman in January, clocked a 4.55 second 40-yard dash at the NFL scouting combined earlier this month. Um, and on that note, I might throw to you, Mitch. Can you give us a bit of a description because I kind of only learned about this very, very recently because of this story. Talk us through what Pro Day is compared to the Combine. So Pro Day is the second, I'm pretty sure, the second sort of trial that they have over there before they um, That's go what the I draft. read. That's yeah. what I read as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the Combine is when they all come together in Indianapolis and everyone does it all together. It's a week-long event. Um, I think the 40-yard 40 40 dash is last, so that's kind of like the biggest one. So they have that last. They're up all night with coaches, signing deals and stuff. So it's a big week. So they do a pro day as well, which is at their home ground kind of thing. So they have their own strength and conditioning coach there. They have their own wide receivers for quarterbacks to pass to. So it's more of like a home ground advantage. And I think it's sort of a second chance sort of thing, as well as getting them in a scenario where they feel comfortable to see how they perform in that situation, as opposed to one that's big, bright lights kind of situation that they have at the combine yeah yeah that's super interesting um i didn't realize they had had two like in my head the combine makes sense well the combine's one that everyone really hears about yeah this again i'd read a little bit about it because there's a few players coming through in the first couple of pro days because they do it like on a schedule kind of thing different different schools go on certain days and then yeah he's he's gone down injured so it's it's made big news which i think is brought light to you for yes for what a pro day is so Gee, jump in if you saw the video and tell me what you thought. But basically, um, he's completing this drill, change of direction, suddenly falls down and he grabs the back of his calf, um, which is why, in my professional opinion, I reckon he's torn his Achilles. <laughs> um, but in the same moment, you can see like the bottom half, um, not even, you can't even really see their faces, of obviously the scouts and coaching and selection staff. And they turn around straight away and they move their focus elsewhere onto whether it was someone else, a different drill or other people, or they're just like having a discussion. They've turned around straight away. This guy is on the ground, clutching his leg, like rolling around, obviously in an enormous amount of pain. And then another guy who you kind of, he starts walking over and you think, oh, he's going to help him up. He just grabs the ball that the guy dropped and picks it up and keeps walking. And then that's the end of the video. So the reason I wanted to bring this up and talk about it is, I mean, obviously... We in Australia, especially, we play the tough card. You know, you, you just got to train hard to get to where you want to be, especially for like these elite athletes. But how do we feel about this whole situation? I mean, I like the fact that I I've learned pro day and cotton bind now, but not under these circumstances. I feel like it was really intense for me watching the video. I was like, oh my gosh, is it is this what it's like? Is this what it should be like? I don't know. Yeah, crazy one. You want, like, I want to give the scouts the benefit of the doubt that they just didn't really see the severity of the situation in the first place. And they're under such time crunches on those days. I imagine they have a lot of players to view and you need to see everything. So part of me wants to be like, oh, they didn't know how bad it was and they were just like moving on because assuming maybe he would get back up and keep going and they could revisit it later. I think that's pretty wishful thinking. I think they knew exactly what happened and this must happen all the time. And... Yeah, like it's very uncomfortable viewing because your instinct for most people, I imagine, is to help someone laying on the ground, rolling around in pain. But I think it just speaks to the high pressure of these situations. And for the boy who walked over and picked up the ball, I think you'd be pretty naive to think he wasn't going, great, one down. Like, you know, that bumps me up on the list wherever. And like, now's my time. They're watching me now. They're watching him before and now they're watching me. Like, 
it's just, yeah, is it right? Absolutely not. But I don't think anyone really involved in the situation can be blamed. That is like a pressure cooker that has been built up in that system of how those days run. Yeah, see, the first time I watched the video, I thought they all just turned around because of like, the, like they felt sick, you know, when you see someone do yeah, the yeah. kind of thing and everyone's like, ooh, and turns around. But then I watched it again and I think they were just moving on to the next yeah. thing. But <clears throat> when you say no one came rushing over to him, I think it being like their home ground sort of thing, like at the pro day as opposed to the combine, is his own medical team would have been there yeah, sort okay. of thing. And I think most people in and around would have been waiting for them to come in, but it didn't seem like they were coming. So I where think were it was they? like the short video. I was just like, yeah. what? But it did seem like an age that he was just kind of laying there on his own yeah. with everyone else just like, all right, see ya. Moving on. Yeah, which oh. it is cutthroat. The NFL is very cutthroat, so well, I'm not surprised. Yeah, when you think about it, like there was so many players and so many things they have to get through and it makes sense. But like reading about this, this player, he was voted first 10 all Big Ten in 2021, posting 11 sacks and a single season school record. Five forced fumbles. Ooh, that's a nice alliteration. Um, <laughs> while playing um, opposite Heisman Trophy runner-up Aiden Hutchinson, a landing candidate to be picked up first overall in the 2022 draft. So he's been up there. His name's been thrown around. And then I started to wonder, like, does that mean – like, I don't know. Is this? But that's the human side of it, what you're talking about. Like, you're reading that as another human. They don't really see him like that. I know, but they're what players, I'm saying they're, is – They're do a they... number on a sheet. Does he still become a number in a sheet or is he just done now? It depends how severe the injury is. They, yeah, right. they literally have their notes and then that's it. They turn the page, move on to the next yeah. player. Yeah, true. And then once they get the report from the medicos, then they go from there. I don't know. I just feel like that it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was intense. And I don't know if it's just because we don't have that kind of expansion in our sports with, you know, crazy draft days. And I mean, does Georgia, do you know, does that happen in the AFL? If someone gets injured, what? I don't know. Well, there's draft camps in the AFL. Um, Goodness gracious, I would be hoping we handle it with a little more (laughs) empathy over here where there's like a bit less money thrown around. But yeah, I don't know. That was going to be my question, Mitch. I don't know if you know the answer to this. With the way that the NFL draft works, say it is a ruptured Achilles. Sorry, mate, you're out for the season. That's your college draft year done or whatever. Does he have further opportunity down the line to re-enter the draft? Yeah, it, it depends on the player as well. Like it, if you say a quarterback goes down, right, and he's number one projected pick, every team wants him or three or four teams at the top want him, they may still pick him and just have him, and on, rehab their, him. on their practice roster and rehab him. Or he could stay in college, not apply for the draft because I don't think the cutoff to nominate for the draft has been yet. So he could not nominate and stay at college or yeah, he just goes and trains by himself and then nominates again next year. Far out. Yeah. What a stress. I wonder what, um, what life would be like if that's what sport was like in Australia. Yeah. Well, it's rough. Like you've heard Valentine Holmes speak about it. Obviously it's it's cutthroat. Yeah, it is. And I mean, credit to them. They obviously do really well and they have lots of money in it. So I I mean, at the end of the day, they probably have to, Mm. you've got to have the best of the best and, Cause that's just real shit. Luck. It's also just that, <laughs> just that element of like the human element, of course, but the business element. Yeah. Like if someone was underperforming in an accountant's office, like there's only so many mistakes you can make before you get the sack. There yeah. Too. Like it's just, it's so business over there, and with the money that they are talking, I like part of you is like, well, fair enough, but that does dehumanize the whole thing. So the crazy part about it as well is we're talking about 
the NFL. Like this happens for college as well at high school combines and stuff yeah, that's where crazy. a player can go down injured or he cannot perform and then everyone just turns it back and then that's that's school. He's not going to college kind of thing because he's looking for a scholarship. See, that's insane to me because, like, I mean, my young Harold Matt's Sharks team, like, I've got... Same three, level. Three decent... In- no, you know what I mean. Three decent injuries <laughs> and kids stressing about this is going to be the end of their footy career. And I'm like, mate, you got next year, don't worry about yeah. it. Like, it's just not a thing here. No. Plenty more time here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Look at Katie Walker. He true. made it to the NRL when he was, what, 26, 27? Yeah, true, true. Does, it doesn't really happen nah, over there. No, nah, it doesn't. No, that's no way. Well, I think if any listener has a good insight into this or another opinion, please message us because this is a really interesting one for me. The AFL world is currently on the countdown to witness only the sixth ever entrance to the elusive 1000 Club. Initially regarded as not a true full forward and lacking a clean enough mark, Buddy Franklin, the king, is about to write history, with many saying that we'll be waiting quite some time to ever see this feat again in the modern era. Kills, talk us through his career. So, Buddy's career. He was drafted in November of 2004. He was taken by Hawthorne at pick number five. So, obviously, up there and one a one to watch for sure. He didn't debut until March 2005, uh, coincidentally against Sydney at the SCG. His breakout season when he kind of uh, started to find his way was 2007 where he ended up with 73 goals. Um, he won his first of two premierships with Hawthorne in 2008 and won his second premiership with Hawthorne in 2013 um, but then a bombshell hit the AFL world. Uh, the restricted free agent confirmed that Buddy would be moving to Sydney to play with the Swans after nine years with the Hawks. Um, a fun fact, he has four... Before you keep going, do you guys remember that announcement that Buddy was leaving the Hawks to Sydney? Yeah. Yep. See, yep. and like you would know more being in Melbourne, but I remember even up here it was big news. Massive. Well, I was in Queensland at the time and even there, like yeah, okay. even further away, it was massive news. That was like industry shaking news no one ever thought buddy would leave the hawks so and i remember being devastated because i was such a buddy fan and i'd met him once in melbourne and then i was like that's it hawk for life (laughs) buddy franklin is my guy i love the hawks so when he left i was like screw that guy screw the hawks i'm out that's funny i remember just like i had a like a few really good friends who were AFL people, not NRL people. And like for them, they were like, oh my gosh. And then some of them were um, Swanee's fans too. So they were like, this is wild. So I think that's where I remember it. I don't really remember reading into it. I just remember other people being like, what? Well, I think even NRL fans or, yeah. like, or like not AFL people, it was massive for them too. And I think it helps Swans in that way. Yeah. Sort of yeah, build sure. their brand up here. So, yeah, another fun fact, he has, he's won four Coleman medals. I didn't know what the medal meant, but it is most goals, um, home, and aw- home and away games for a season. So, I mean, it makes sense, right? He's got four of these medals and he's on his way to his 1,000th. Yep. Um, it was expected that he was going to hit the goal over the weekend just gone. However, fell one short, Yeah, which yeah. is just like crazy because everyone's prepared for this. And I'll read a quote in a, in a moment, but everyone's prepared for this moment and it just didn't happen. So this Friday night, the 25th of March, the Swans will take on Geelong and it's going to be insane because um, it's in Sydney and everyone's 
obviously waiting for this um, this goal to be made. I don't know. I wonder if it'll be in the first quarter. Surely there's a sports bet on it. Yeah, there would be a sports bet, but I'm interested to see if everyone charges the ground because usually well, this is when gonna... someone hits a 1,000 goals or 100 in a season, everyone storms the ground, but we live in a COVID world now. Well, this is going to be my next point. So last week... Sorry, I jumped in on you there. You kills. did. You jumped in on me. You stole my thunder, but it's fine. Because I was like... Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Last week, when asked on Fox Footy's AFL 360 on Tuesday night how he planned to stop fans from running onto the ground when Franklin hit his 1,000th goal, AFL chief executive cheekily said, well, officially you shouldn't on the run on the ground, but it would be a good look, wouldn't it? So obviously feeding into everyone. Now, this is obviously going to happen. It's inevitable, I think. What's going to happen if it happens in the first quarter? Um <laughs> Georgie, yeah, so this is my question. No, no, my question is this. Did people storm the ground after the goal, not <laughs> yeah, after the game? Yeah, that, that, that's how I understood it. Just like mid-quarter, everyone just runs on. Do you know what? Get it done. I think that would be awesome viewing. And Gil McLaughlin fueling the fire by saying that I love. Yeah, it's good from him. that from Gil. Yeah. It's like when you're a kid at the end of the footy game when, like, you don't want to be the first person to go on the field because yeah. the security guards are still kind of there and everyone's just waiting for that one rogue person that goes first yeah. and then the floodgates are open. So I think it'll be the same as that. But, like, then does that mean the game gets abandoned when that happens? Like, no, is it well, just... you can't abandon the game. No, I know, but, like, we just wait, like, an hour until everyone gets off and then we continue the game. Like, I'm just like, what's going to happen? Or maybe there'll be an announcement yeah, at the start of the game. Logistically, yeah. a tough one. We like, could be jumping the gun, but they, they could be talking about the end of the game, but I don't. that's not how I Yeah, either. I didn't it. take that either. And I'm thinking maybe they'll make an announcement pre-game to be like, hey, everyone, like, I'm not going to say it, but wait till the end of the game to celebrate <laughs> a certain thing. Hey, you guys, yeah. um, just quickly. <laughs> Please. I think, though, they're talking about it being – because, like, the longevity of his career and that kind of dominance for one player over such a long span of time – like you just don't really see it anymore like you used to. So if they're genuinely talking about this maybe being the last time we'll see it for at least a long time, like storm the ground. It's Buddy Franklin. 100%. Um, Marley and I have actually contemplated going on Friday night, so I'll let you know if we go. <laughs> One last thing on that. So he's been at Sydney, what, this is his ninth year? Yeah. In a nine-year, $10 million contract. They haven't won a flag in that time. Like, I know we're talking about his thousands going, and he's obviously awesome, but what's his legacy sort of post that contract after coming up here? Yeah. Do you know what? Unfortunately, I think Buddy will always be remembered in that Hawks era of dominance. Like, I think that he's done great things for Sydney, but like you said, they have not delivered a flag. And not only have they not delivered a flag, they haven't delivered much at all, really, since, I mean, they made it to prelims that year the dogs won 2017 but i think when people look back on his career they're looking at hawthorne buddy okay i don't i don't really know if i have an opinion on this i don't well i'm okay so is it a success for sydney then well was it worth the 10 mil yeah yeah okay and a long contract for and he's had some injuries in that time yeah he has had some injuries yeah i i mean i know what you're saying but He's about to hit a thousand, and I think they're going. So you want me to stop being so negative and I, just storm the field? No, I just think that like the Swatties at this point probably won't care. It's going to look good for them. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but no, I know what you're saying. In hindsight, maybe it wasn't worth it for them. But it's Buddy Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a good enough opinion because I wasn't present to watch him, like to appreciate him in his Hawthorne era. So I can't be like, he's done nothing for yeah. the Swans, you know. Okay. 
I'm just trying to be transparent. The best comparison <laughs> I have for Buddy to make, like to contextualise it for you is like, I feel he's such, and Mitch, chime in here, a Greg Inglis type player where when he's on, he cannot be stopped and like an absolute clutch game winner, game changer. But there's some games where you're just like, did he play? It's a good comparison. It's definitely a good comparison when they're on, they're on. And I just wanted to make another comment because this has been there's been a few moments already this year that I've kind of said this, but we're living through another crazy moment in sporting history. Like we've ticked some yeah. boxes, guys. We have ticked some boxes. We have. It's wild. What's your favourite before this? I think Tom Brady winning with the Buccaneers after leaving the Patriots and everyone said he wouldn't was pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. Which is why I'm excited that he's coming back, like. Hopefully he can do it again. I think my favourite will be when LeBron and his son play together. Yeah, that will be wild. That is going. That really flips my brain. That will be my favourite. But we just lived so through so many crazy eras of sport. We're very lucky, I think. So grateful, buddy. Grateful. <laughs> do you know what? I really think that Tom missed a big opportunity. And I know it's like kind of been done before again, but... I think Brady is the only person who properly could have done the a statement from Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and my management and whoever, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I could back. have added that to my feedback on the podcast from last week. I think I think he was trying to generate a move to San Francisco and the Bucs just called his bluff, so that's why he's coming back to the Bucs. Wow. Yeah. That's Spicy. The way, that's the way I, I read into it since since the moment it came about. Because 49ers want to get rid of Garoppolo and yeah, it would have. That's where he's he's from the Bay Area, so him finishing his career there would have appealed to him a lot. And um, yeah, I think the Bucks would just like, no, nah, we're not having any of that. So he's going back to as all the players said on Twitter when he said we're going to run it back. Yeah, can't wait for that either. That is such a hot take. I like it. Learn something new every day. You the real MVP. Now it's time for our next segment. Each week we'll award someone or something a personal MVP title for something they've done, something that's brought us a bit of joy. Mitch, kick us off. I'll start then. So my MVP this week is Ange Postacoglu, the manager for Celtic Football Club over there in the Scot- Scottish Premier League. Um, 4-0 win on Sunday, our time I think it Who was. Who did they burst? Uh, I don't remember. Dundee? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Four new win. They had someone sent off early on. So, I mean, the, the scoreline probably doesn't reflect the match if someone didn't get sent off. But still, he's doing great things over there. And they all wrote him off when he first went over there saying, he's Australian, what's he doing here? But they're top of the table after a pretty poor season last year. So, yeah, stoked for him. Good one. Get it, Ange. Uh, I always get so confused why they call them managers over there. I think because... I don't like it. I think they... It's a weird one because... There's some of them that are out on the training pitch, and I think a lot of the younger ones, like your Lampards and your Gerrards and stuff, they would be out on the pitch with them. But back in the day, it wasn't really like that. They they'd be more in the stands in a suit and tie sort of thing. So I think that's where it comes from because it's like more, a list man- like yeah, manager, manager. In a way, like yeah. There's just the they're ground. across the whole yeah. football club rather than just sort of the whistle in hand. But yeah, I think I think that's why. My MVP, Kiel's who pointing at me, so I'm just going to take that and run is the Indiana University cheerleaders. Now, I'm going to put this video on our Instagram. My sister sent it to me. Shout out, Meg. You get due credit. Um, They perform like the basketball during the game, college basketball game, gets stuck up like behind the backboard. 
and no one can get it down. All these really tall basketball players can't get it down. One of them tries to like lift another one up. It's a clusterfuck until the cheerleaders toddle on over, pull a stunt and get it down. (laughs) That's so good. And it's so funny because in the video, the commentators are like, do you know what? There's so many cheerleaders on the sideline. Where's all their stunts now when we need it? And then almost like they heard them, they wander over and they just launch this girl right up and she gets it down. And it was MVP behavior and the crowd lost their shit. So have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I'm really excited to see the video. It's good. It's very good. It's a good one. Yeah. And she's just like this tiny little thing and she's like so chuffed with herself and the crowd is like losing it. She's like smiling. I swear it did come from the commentators like because one of them said like, where's the cheerleaders, where's the cheerleaders? And then he's like, oh, they are going to get the cheerleaders and out she came. Yeah, that's so good. Um, So good. My MVP, (laughs) if you listen carefully at the start, I did have a day and a half. Um, I've had a stressful day. Basically, long story short, rocked up to the studio tonight Keely's forgotten the key because Marley usually has the key. Keely's left the key in her car. Mitch drove to the studio. So um, Blake, our producer, comes in, saves the day. We get his key. Happy days. Maybe a 10, 15-minute delay. Um, so my MVP is Blake. And Solid. What's the opposite of MVP? Producer Blake is always MVP. It, honestly, Blake King. I can't wait for him to listen because he's just the best and I love him. Um, what, what is the M- opposite of MVP? Because whatever that is, that's Just me. Just dishonourable mention. <laughs> yeah, dishonourable mention. That's me. I deserve that. <laughs> and now we come to our final segment of the show, our ones to watch, where we recommend what sport, event, or even a Netflix show you should be watching this week ahead. Saying those titles makes me feel like Marley Silver, Keely Silver. Kick it off. Do you feel like that? Because I feel like when I read it, like just reading, not even saying it out loud, that I, I just have in, to her be in her yeah, voice. Yeah, you read yes. it in her voice. Yeah, I'm like, even and now well, even come. a Netflix yeah. show. <laughs> yes. Oh, and part of me, this whole show has been like Georgia, say something different, like change it up. Yeah. Then I look at it and I'm like, I can't. I feel like it just fits. I feel like if we change it, it'd be weird. My one to watch will be Thursday night. So the night of. Um, Release. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've lost it. You've had a day. I've had a day. Uh, the Socceroos qualifier. They are versing Japan. It's a World Cup qualifier. It is a must win. And I'm very nervous and um, very sad. Shout out to Kami Dev, who should be here on camp with the team, but he has torn his hammy. Yep. So Group B, top two go through. We're sitting in third, three points behind Japan. And the game after that, we have to play Saudi Arabia, who's on top. So. We need it is, a win. It's a must win, definitely. And you were saying um, earlier that some of the boys have COVID as well. Yeah, so I think Graham Arnold, he had it. He got caught the other day. He was supposed to be in isolation. He went oh, down to Narrabeen no. for a dip. Someone someone flagged him and sent it into the, the good man, Ray Hadley. Oh, so, gosh, love that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he's in isolation. I think he gets out on Thursday morning. Yeah, Craig Goodwin, one of the other boys, and then Tom Rogic got injured in that Celtic game, so he couldn't come over either. So there's a bit of dramas but it'll be interesting to see what happens because I feel like we play the best, especially against Japan when our back's against the walls. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so everyone get onto that. Oof. Become a I soccer I like that fan. insight from you, Mitch. Yeah, same. He, yeah, good, hey, sometimes. Um, sometimes. Georgia, what's your one to watch? My one to watch, a little bit left of centre this week, but I've been meaning to recommend it for a while. I have mentioned on this podcast before my good friend Matt Hauser, who is an Australian triathlete. And Super League Triathlon, which is basically like the global 
race body have a docuseries on YouTube called Every Second Counts and it follows Matt, it follows a bunch of the guys through the World Series last year and it's very intense, very good doco, get you hooked on triathlon, features Matt, shout out. So (laughs) get around it. Good one. Mitch, now this is a good one. I like this one to watch. Even though it's got to do with South Sydney, you still like it? Yeah, because I I just think it'll be interesting. Okay. Well, my one to watch for this week is Joey Manu versus Latrell Mitchell. I like it because it's a bit controversial. <laughs> it's hugely controversial. I mean, they were best mates. Are they best mates now? Do we know? Have they patched things up? And he was again, he was supposed to come back this week, obviously, with the All-Stars. Came back a week early, so that might he kicked a forty meter field goal, so yeah. he might be primed. And then yeah, but they still last. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually got into an argument with someone on Facebook about it. Did you? Yeah, just don't be that person. Oh, no, Mitch, just, are you that guy in the comments? Oh, sometimes, sometimes. No. Just he was saying how the commentators didn't have as much inflection in their voice when Pappy kicked his as opposed to Latrell's, and I was like, well, one was a forty. Six it was a 40 metre field goal. It's yeah, so impressive. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised, like, the commentator But didn't, why would you know it, I mean? someone even feel the need to comment on that? I don't so, know. So. I just felt the need to say, like, look, let's let's just – they're both good. And we're, are we really going to talk about the inflection okay, of the commentator's okay, voice? just quickly, and apologies to any listeners, if you are that person, don't be that person. Yeah. Don't don't reply to comments. Or you don't want me to. No, don't no com- apologies to any listeners. Don't be that person. <laughs> it's just – that's silly. Yes, you, know, you can spend your time doing other things, like – Playing with your doggo or something. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, on that, I know we're talking about Joey and Latrell, but on that field goal, have you guys seen Pappy's reaction to like the interview after the game where he talks about it? He goes, I was watching it so closely off the boot and the second he hit it, I just knew it was going over. Like all I could do was watch. And I was like, must have been a good kick. And did you see the cheese? Um, that caught. was the best, oh, man. such a character. He's like, yeah. The meme, the meme was great. Yeah. And on a rose, shout out to you because – his memes this week have been on point and that one was a personal favourite. Did they go did they say something to each other in the comments of Yeah, they were like, No, nah, yeah. that's funny. Like yeah. they both took they were good being good sports, so yeah. play on. That's gold. And then as a collective, we all want you to watch Netball round one this week. Get around the netball. Get around the netball, please. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Mitchell, thank you so much for filling in for Marley and I am speaking like her, so I'm gonna stop that. Um, if you are on Spotify or Apple, please follow, subscribe, rate us, find us on all the socials, Instagram and TikTok are at Chicks and Balls Pod. Twitter is at Chicks and Balls. No pod. But otherwise, have a great week. Be nice to your mother. Find mothers. us in our DMs as always. Be uh, nice to y- your mother. Give um yeah, give us some feedback. Follow Mitch on Instagram. He <laughs> 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 doesn't even go on Instagram. It's just a G up. I'm just kidding. Um yeah, nah, just be good or be good at it. That's it, really. That's a good one. Yeah. Catch you next time. Bye.